good to reflect, isn't it? <clears throat> Just to remember what people have done and hospital visits, um, people giving others financially, uh, no one knows about, and endless prayers. Um, I think Paul the Apostle would say to Red Point, as you were to many churches, um, well done. It's, um, this is, that was the dream, that we would serve Jesus, go to the nations, love each other. Yes, there's some things we've not done that well, perhaps. Um, I'm not too sure what they are. As somebody said to me, if you walk into our church, you will see many warts. I'm not saying that of a red point, but I'm sure there are many warts. But man, is there so many good things. It's been such a privilege to journey with this church from the ends of the earth all the way to our very hospitals and neighborhoods and soup kitchens. So I'm kind of feeling a little bit at odds with my sermon as I have it. <laughs> um, so I'm just trying to find where to go and what to say and what not to say. But uh, thank you, Father. I just want to thank you. I know, Lord, we long for visitation. We long for revival. We long for the dead to be raised. We long for the blind to see. And I trust that you will do that, Lord. But I just want to say thank you for just what we've just seen. I want to say thank you for Erin and how she narrated that um, video and how Dave put it together. And so one could go on and on and on for all these things. I want to speak to you this morning about giving thanks, gratitude. Um, it's a massive theme. In America, you have Thanksgiving. Um, and uh, last week we heard about, Tull spoke about worship. And I think what he said was, there are no such thing in the Bible as casual worshipers. <laughs> Is that right, Tools? Like you, you just, if, you, if you have any encounter with this God, you can't be a casual worshiper. And I know some of my very, very charismatic friends say, where's God? Where's revival? Um, where miracles? Why aren't thousands coming up to be saved? Um, I, I get that. But, but I don't want to miss the moment. In, I'm 63, and today I want to worship God, and I want to give thanks for what he's done. Amen? There's a lot of things within the Lord, but there's a lot of things he's been exceedingly kind I was saying to Kati, she was telling me another couple emigrating to Ireland, and I, and I said to Kati, I would be deeply depressed to have to emigrate to Ireland. I'm so grateful God hasn't called us to Ireland, but he's called us to this beautiful sunshine nation uh, with a little bit of sewage in the sea, and, and I could go on, but man, do I love this nation. There's something extraordinary about her brokenness, yet her color and her vibrancy, and I want to give thanks to God for, for a country and I've been to many, been far and wide by God's grace. I know New Zealand's beautiful. I think Australia is an extraordinary nation. But there's something about our nation, particularly our sevens rugby side, that just make my heart come alive. Um, I don't know what it is about sevens, but of all the opium of sport, I love our rainbow nation sevens rugby side. Back to my notes. Gratitude from a human point of view, just if, if you would allow me to indulge us as humans, just, just pausing God for a moment. When we withhold gratitude from somebody, we create a gap. 
If somebody's been kind and gracious and we don't say thank you, it kind of leaves a gap, doesn't it? It's an unfilled, unfilled space. It's a space of unfinished business, as it were. We create a glitch in the relationship. If one keeps, gives and the other person does nothing, it kind of stresses the relationship a little. If it goes on and is repeated, it actually undermines the integrity of a relationship. Few things sting more than a heart of ingratitude. Why? Because ingratitude says, well, I don't really recognize what you've done. I don't see it. I don't see you. Kind of maybe I expected it. Um, it communicates something that, um, you, know, you know, like it's my birthday. Why? I mean, I deserve a present. Why should I say thank you? And I think in our home we try to say to our kids, forget it's your birthday. Forget it's Christmas. You deserve Zippo. Say thank you. <laughs> you know, that's kind of how we've lived. I'm sure we haven't done it well. Ingratitude hurts. It's not neutral. It's the opposite of what should have been expressed. That's how we feel. Um, even though no one has done anything to you, the fact that they haven't, even that hurts. It feels embarrassing or small-minded to go to somebody and, and point out the ingratitude, you know. It um, makes you feel small and insecure. Why would you even bring up the fact that I didn't say thank you to you or to, you know, your wife or whatever? Um, often hear this, we often hear this, you shouldn't do it to expect thanks or an expression of gratitude. Sometimes ingratitude, we know that we don't do things, well, we shouldn't do things in the hope that if I do something, I will get thanked. That's not the heart of it. That's never why we give something. Um, ingratitude is an absence of word. It's an absence of recognition. Sometimes it's rooted in laziness or slackness. I remember the shock and horror. My grandparents, I was, I think, still at school. They gave me a present, and I never said thank you, and I got a hectic phone call from them. Like, I was so offended that my grandparents should phone me to say, it's, in a week, it's been a week and you didn't say thank you. I thought, get over yourselves, um, grand and gramps. But actually, it marked something in my heart, and I thought, I mean, they, were, they, they had like, I don't know, 15 grandkids, but they said to me, Nick, you didn't say thank you. And, that, and Mark, and I thought, why did they say that? And it, I guess, created in me a question, um, and uh, they were so good to me. And I began to, I learned how to begin to say thank you. Uh, gratitude goes a long way in the human heart. It's amazing what gratitude does. Um, ingratitude makes it difficult to continue to show generosity towards you or us. Christians are required biblically to be generous regardless um, of how people respond. So it's not because they didn't say thank you or show gratitude that you stopped giving. In fact, in Luke 14, it says, when you have a meal, don't invite all your mates and your family and your rich friends because they will invite you in return. Invite those that can't invite you. We know those stories. You see, the interesting thing is it's so easy to extend generosity to grateful people, isn't it? Somebody give me an amen. Ingratitude, which you, often leaves a mark. I, I know that Katya and I had a situation not long ago where I think, I don't know why, but we went the extra mile on a situation that involved no one in this church 
and uh, particularly Cutty went like extra, extra mile, and um, can't give you details, but, and I remember the person never even acknowledged, not even, yo, bro, thanks, nothing, there was nothing, and I, we didn't, we, we were left thinking, did we do something wrong? Um, should we have done this? I mean, did we make a mistake at the table? You know, was there something? It's still hanging. It's still left a gap. And we, we of course, the Lord says you've got five seconds, or Dudley said you've got five seconds to forgive them. But it's just, it kind of, I'm thinking, I don't want to do that to somebody. Amen? Are you, are you tracking with me? And so, sometimes people say, well, of course I feel grateful. But the non-expression of that feeling leaves the other person saying, well, I don't know how you're feeling. People say, well, but it was an amazing thing, or it was an amazing gift, or thank you so much for doing it. But if you don't express it, it's seen to be ingratitude. Gratitude is the language that the, that the heart loves, amen? So, so th- there's, a, there's a clip of a kid. Uh, can you show the clip of the, of the kid? Is it Louis there? Maybe switch off the lights. This you've probably all seen. It's, it's my all-time favorite. You've got to put the sound on. I think that kid should be an apostle. I mean, that's like, I want to meet that kid. I mean, don't you just want to give that kid, I don't know, a, a motor car or, or something, just like, it, it, it does something to us. What does the Bible say about thankfulness? It's a major theme of the Psalms. Gratitude, thankfulness, as is worship. David, in that famous 1 Chronicles 16, the, the, the ark has been captured. There's been a whole story to get it back. And um, all David wants, David wants the presence of God. David is a man who loves God's presence. He was, in a sense, a broken man, but he, he stressed that God's presence wasn't there. And we all want to know that God's presence is with us. And so there's a great celebration. And um, he gives everyone in Israel, every man and woman gets a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, a, um, pressed raisins or whatever they are. Um, he, 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 he absolutely goes crazy when the ark comes back. And he says, give thanks to the Lord. So this is 1 Chronicles 16 verse 8. He says, give thanks to the Lord because God's presence is with us. Okay. Call on his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praises to him, which was last week. Tell of his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. 1 Chronicles 16 verse 8. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord, let them rejoice. What's happened, David? The ark's back. 
Like, but you know, we still got poverty and there's still some issues. The ark is back. Give thanks to the Lord. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and his judgments. So there are eight instructions in that 1 Chronicles 16, 8 to 12. Thanks. Call on his name. Tell of what he's done. Sing. Glory in his name, which means to glory in his name means there is no one as precious as you. There is no partner. There is no festivity. There are no, there's no wealth. If I glory in, in you, it means you are everything to me. That's what it means. Rejoice. Point number six, look. Look to the Lord. Remember the things he has done. It's interesting that some people I meet is, you know, is God, you know, is God still with you? And I'm thinking, well, of course he's still with us. But, but, and then he says, remember the things he has done. I remember getting saved. I remember saying, Lord, please give me a wife. He gave me Kati. I remember when our kids were born. I remember when God called me to be a deacon in a church. I thought, remember those days. Remember the good things he's done. Remember when you preached a sermon in Adelaide. I remember distinctly, I thought, Lord, you're so kind to me that I should preach in the nation. So it's not what he's doing now. Yes, we're interested in that, but we also remember the things he has done. What about Jesus on giving thanks? Well, it was, came up last week. I'll open it up a little bit. Luke 17, verse 11, if you're taking notes. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border. So it's kind of border between um, Samaria and Galilee. So Samaria are kind of people that have fallen away from faith. They've mixed their faith. And there's Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men, nice round number, 10 men who had leprosy met him. What does it mean to have leprosy? If you have leprosy, it means you're alienated. You are separated. If you have leprosy, you can't be part of society. You can't go to your daughter's wedding. You can't hold your grandchild. Amen? You can't hold your wife. You can't hold your children. You can't do anything. You can't go to the temple. You are alienated. Leprosy is something we all have suffered with because we, our sin has alienated. We have a, we have a decaying disease outside of Jesus. We, ha- we are not reconciled. We are separate from the covenants and the precepts and the laws. So these guys are lepers. They are outcasts. They are, their flesh is rotting. They don't, can't feel it but it's because their nerves are gone, but they are, it's a terrifying state to be in. And so they stood at a distance, which they had to, and they called in a loud voice, Jesus, Master. And I think to myself, it's interesting that these guys could see. People said, who's this guy? Who are you? Who's this Jesus? As Chris said, they beat him. They put a crown of thorns upon his head. They mocked him. But these lepers said, Jesus, master, which is like a declaration of, of like, whoa. Have pity on us or mercy on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. What? Sometimes he touched lepers. He didn't heal them. He didn't, he didn't do anything. He just said, you ten, go show yourselves to the priests. Unusual. As they went, they were cleansed. Obedience produces miracles. Amen. If you obey God, there's a likelihood that there will be a miracle. So if, when, when he said, put your foot in the Jordan, we've seen flooding rivers at the moment. You don't put your, f- I was watching a thing, I think it was in uh, Rustenburg this week, this, the, this car tried to 
to go through a flooding river. It wasn't even a river. It was over a road. And this guy, I'm thinking, he's not going to go. He's not going to go. He goes, his car, everything, psh, gone. Jesus, the father, says to Joshua, put your foot in the river. As he does, miracle stops. So you want a miracle? Obedience is good. So, so what today in this video, I think, hmm, the Lord's saying, okay, it's time for you to go. It's time for you to maybe sow. Amen? So as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw, was healed. He came back. <laughs> I love that. These other nine guys, man, they had stuff to do. They had to go and like rejoice. They had to go and love their families. They were cleansed. There was stuff to get on with. One would understand and justify. But the one guy comes back. Coming back is, thank you for what you've done. I'm not just going to walk along my way and ignore. No, I've got to come back. I've got to say thank you that you saved me. I've got to say thank you for this church. I've got to say thank you for my life group leader. The fact that they served me a meal, looked after us, prayed for us, um, gave us prophetic words. I want to come back, come back and say thank you. No time to just, too busy. That's what happened to these guys. And so they came back praising, he came praising God in a loud voice. Remember the same loud voice that said, Jesus, Master. He comes back with the same loud voice, the Bible says, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. We don't know what his circumstances were. We don't know if his, if his family, he lost his family, but he came back and he said, thank you. There's a person in this church that always says thank you. It astounds me. Everything that is done in this church you're going to get a text from this person just to say, and, and please, I'm not asking for a text for me personally, just to say thank you. And I think the more that you are grateful, the more that you will be blessed. He was a Samaritan. <laughs> He's a Samaritan, this guy. He's not even one of the Jews. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed, uh, Mr. Samaritan? Where are the other nine? Imagine being, I'm one of the nine. <laughs> We're going to meet them. I was one of the lepers. Were you the one or were you the nine? No, I was one of the nine. I said, you never said thank you. Yeah, we were written about in the Bible. Was no one found to return and give praise to God except the foreigner? Don't you love it? Jesus doesn't mince his words. I mean, are you too embarrassed? Somebody doesn't say thank you, do a great deed, whatever. What do people say? Get over it. Jesus didn't get over this. He didn't get over it. He's trying to, you know, as a, as a father in the house, me, I've got to make a call. Do I address, do I disciple somebody? It's a very difficult job. Sometimes I want to faint. Saying, Lord, I can't do this. Pick up your phone and address it. I don't want to, Lord. Go to that person and speak to them. I don't want to, Lord. Do you want to stop fathering, Nick? you want to stop being a... A, a mentor? Do you want to stop discipling? Jesus disciples. Then he said to them, rise and go. Your faith has made you so-zo. Your faith has made you so-zo. Well. Well means so-zo. Well means healed. 
Well means you, you actually, you're not just got your body healed, your soul is well. How's that for a cool story? Gratitude produces worship. Ingratitude, always, even people, you can come to church, there's something wrong. Like, I don't know why God allowed that to happen. I don't know why this, and, and our, our hot souls shrivel. But thank you, God. Thank you for what you've done. 1 Thessalonians 5.16, be joyful always. Be joyful always, okay? Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I love it when Katya and I are able to slightly challenge each other and say, no, grumpy. It's a problem. You see, another problem today. What, what can we give? We have a fig tree. I, I don't know why I've been sleeping for 20 years. But we have a fig tree in our garden, and it's figs. I don't know. How often do fig trees give figs? Judy? Once a year. Well, we've been sleeping for 20 years. Because this fig tree has gone ballistic with figs. Ballistic with figs. And, and for the last week, I don't know, Kati, we sit in our veranda and we just check these birds. I don't know how many birds. They are just gorging themselves on, on figs. The mommy was picking at 20 figs and gave it to a little oaky. I thought the little oaky was going to explode the other day. I said, how many little figs can this little baby bird eat? And this little thing was about to become the Michelin man and explode. <laughs> but I thought, what a picture, God. What a picture of abundance. Lord, have we missed this? Yeah, you've normally been on holiday in December. That's why you've missed it, Nick. So maybe that's why we've missed it. Give thanks not for all circumstances, but in all circumstances. I just think, Lord, this is amazing. Check all these birds. You are good, God. Even this morning, I looked at them, had a moment on the veranda. Wow, lurries and all sorts of purple and pink and orange and green birds. You know when Jesus took seven loaves and the fish? You've got 5,000 people. He's got two fish and five loaves, whatever. What does he do? He gives thanks. I think you're giving thanks for Jesus. <laughs> five loaves and two fish. I mean, that's pathetic. You're not going to feed these guys with that. You see, it's amazing that Jesus looks up to heaven and he says, I give you thanks. Take the little that you have. Forget about what you don't have. Remember Jesus when he took the cup and he took the bread and he, that was the symbol of his crucifixion. That was a symbol of his, what would be one of the most horrific events in the history of mankind. They took the sinless one and they smashed him. And what does he do? Symbolizing his broken body and his shed blood, he gives thanks. I'm thinking, I wouldn't be giving thanks for that. I'd be thinking, Lord, there's not going to be a fun time. But he gave thanks. When he took the bread and cup, he gave thanks as crucifixion awaited. Colossians 2, 6, culture of gratitude. I think red point's good. I don't think, I don't think we struggle in this area, but it'd be great to throw some wood on the fire. Colossians 2, 6, so then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to, li- continue to live in him, rooted, that's the vine we've been speaking about, and built up, that's the temple, those are the two pictures we see. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught, 
and overflowing with thankfulness. What does that mean? You know what Paul actually meant? One theologian said, he said, Christian, Thessalonian, as you're walking along the villages in Thessalonica and somebody bumps into you and somebody knocks you by mistake, what should spill out of you is thankfulness. Isn't that a cool picture? That actually you should overflow, you should spill over, you should be so abundant that it's wasteful with thanksgiving. So if you bumped into a Christian, you would bump into somebody that was immensely grateful. Why are you so grateful? Where can I start? Man, I was broken, I was depressed, I was arrogant, and the gospel, I heard the gospel. And then I saw the Spirit convicted me of my sin. And when I was convicted long enough, I said, I'm a sinner. But his grace has made a way. And he cancels my sin. Cancels yesterday's sin. Cancels today's sin. Even today's sin. Even tomorrow's sin. He is so good. I'm overflowing with thankfulness. There's a register. He's written my name in the register. Nothing can separate you from the love of covenantal God, of God, love of covenant with you. Nothing can separate. You try and separate our children from us. doesn't matter what they do. They will never be separated. And he says, so be overflowing. Parisio, wasteful with thanksgiving. We know that in all things, Romans 8, 28, one of our best revival scriptures of yesteryear, and we know that in all things, God works for the good to those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So, I, so in, you know, a, a lady died recently, and just before she died, I had a conversation with her, and she, by, by her husband, made a mistake and lost a fortune, an absolute fortune. And uh, I spoke to her about it. I said, so, so how, do, how, do you, how have you felt about that what happened this is just before she died she says I praise God for that I said what she says I'm sad for my kids but I praise God that I got none of it I said why she says because I wouldn't have met Jesus I wouldn't have she died the happiest person one of the happiest persons I know all things work to the good even if you there are probably three things all of us can be sad about there are probably three things everyone in this room you can think about. Difficult. I wish that hadn't happened. I don't know why, God, that happened. Some of you might have um, suffered difficult things. But you could probably treble that. But, but I can give him thanks. I can say he's been good. Why is it that the people that, that had the least are the happiest? Why is it that the people that had the most seem to wrestle I think it's because of envy. That's why, brothers and sisters, in all, God works together with, with those who love him. And that's why in all circumstances we say, Lord, I give you thanks. For those of you that have lost a loved one, that you say, Lord, there's nothing I can do, but they're in your hands. They're in your hands. There's nothing that I can do. I can cry. I can mourn. But you, all I know is the Bible says you are good and you are working all things for the good to those that love you. I listened to, I thought, what is the world saying about gratitude? So I got into TED Talks. don't necessarily recommend you do that. But I listened to a, a monk, an interfaith monk. I think he's a Catholic. And um, he was a very humble guy. TED Talk, you've got to be a bit of a, this guy was in, in monk's clothes. And he, he normally walked like, he walked, he spoke like this. You can go and watch it if you want. 
And he said you need three things to be a happy person. He says, you need to be given a gift. You need a gift. It needs to be precious. You need a gift and it needs to be precious. Not, not worked for, a gift. Not earned, not deserved, but a gift. It needs to be precious. And you need to have an opportunity. I thought, this is interesting. An opportunity to say thank you. Thank you. That's what his thesis is. I just, I've been given a gift. It's precious. And I, and I don't want to just, uh, because an opportunity means you're still breathing. It means you're still alive. If you're dead, you can't. But it means you're still breathing. And if you're still breathing, if you're still alive, you have an opportunity. And he says, you don't want an event of, ha- of, of gratitude. You want a lifestyle of gratitude. He argues He's explored all the faiths. He says the happiest people on this planet are the people that are the most grateful. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. If you are grateful, you have peace. If you have peace, peace drives out fear. Violent people have no peace. Violent people suffer from fear. When you become fearful, you arm yourself and you want to like... When you're fearful, like Russia, they're fearful, they go to war. When you are grateful, you have peace. When you have peace, there is shalom in your life and you learn how to love. Perfect peace casts out fear. Psalm 100 verse 4. You still there? Oh, we are grateful people. Am I a grateful man? I want to try my best to say thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, friend. Thank you for that chocolate. Thank you. I want to, thank, I want to, I want to learn the arts of gratitude. Psalm 100 verse 4. Huge, huge. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Who read it this morning? Dave, did you read it? Enter his gates with, what are gates, guys? Gates is the beginning of where, where the property is. Gates is, is, can be locked or can be opened. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise the name. For the Lord is good, his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues to all generations. You don't get past the gates you certainly won't get into the courts unless you start with thanksgiving. <laughs> In order for you to, you, you, the courts is where God is more intimate with. If you enter the courts, it means you enter God's sort of personal space with him. But the gates, the, is, you know, there's a gates and then there's the door to the house. Enter his gates. I, I, we gave the king, good old Zuelitini, a tractor once when I was in business. We went up to his palace and while we were sitting, giving the king a tractor, having tea with him and his five queens, I forget how many queens there were, there were people at, at the gates shouting nonstop. So I said to the king's assistant, because careful how you speak to the king, I said, what's that? He says, those are the people who are, who are praising the king, who are, in a sense, giving thanks. And the king, they can be there for days. <laughs> it's funny. I said, for days? He says, yeah. And then the king will say, that guy, bring him in. That lady, bring her in. 
That one, don't want. Ah, uh-uh. I just love that scripture. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for my house. Thank you. You know, when we have a meal, often we, we say, bless the food. But actually, the idea is to give thanks. The idea is we give you thanks. Give you thanks for our food, for our bed. Give you thanks for each other. Give you thanks for our church. Give you, give you thanks, Lord, for the, our salary. My salary is not great. Not me, you, maybe somebody. But I give you thanks. I give you thanks, Lord. Give you thanks for my car, my pots and pans, my fridge. What a marvelous thing. My fridge. It's old and it shakes and it rattles, but I give you thanks. Ding, ding. Samsung, new fridge. It can happen. Thankfulness opens the gates. Lack of thanks is like a closed gate. Thankfulness. It's good to practice it. It's good to practice it. I'm coming to close. Be anxious about nothing, but in everything with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. There is anxiety. There is struggles. Paul was, the churches were accustomed to them. In everything, by prayer, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Very strong language. And so we as a church want to say thank you for 2023. We want to thank God for 2023. We want to thank you for the bodies healed, Lord. I wrote some things down. For the prayers, the scriptures, the meals, the acts of kindness, for every cent, every offering. I'm so glad this church doesn't have jumble sales. I'm so glad we don't have to. Finances generally are tight in this country. But I thank God for the tithers, the, the faithful tithers that just tithe every single month, that come and bring their offerings. I want to say thank you. Thank you that we can run this place. I mean, thank you that this, can you see, we don't have a, this is, we need a new one. We need a new one of these. Do you know the one that's hands-free? Don't ask too long much it costs, but we are able generally to supply, to go and buy grapes or whatever, unless somebody brought them, I don't know, but just thank you for everything. Thank you for the sowing. Thank you for those of you that have released your cars to go up on mission. And, and, and. Thank you for every person welcomed. Have you got a grateful heart? Do I? I'll close with Psalm 103. It's a, if you want to go home this afternoon, it's probably a beautiful psalm. And um, it's something that you can maybe pray over December. It's something that you can, you can spend ages, weeks in this. And um, it says, praise the Lord, all my soul, in my own being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, all my soul, forget not his benefit. Who forgives your sins? Now it gets personal. We thank him. Who? Person, God, you forgive sins and heals my disease. Who? Here it is again, personal redeems your life from the pit? Who crowns you with love and compassion? Who satisfies your desire? My Father, you satisfy my desires in Christ Jesus with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. The Lord, who his works are righteous. That's just Psalm 103. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. Why do we forgive one another? Because the Lord has forgiven me. Amen? And a person says, I messed up, you know. I was with somebody the other day, they just swore. <laughs> Thought, okay, be, you know, before it gets like easy, bro, you know. I said, 
he said, sorry, I said, absolutely, it's fine. <laughs> Are you okay? Yes, I'm fine. Maybe I can pray for him. But, don't, but I've been forgiven of other sins. That's not one of them. I don't think. Maybe in my heart there can be little swear word. I don't know. Are you breathing? God is good, isn't he? Can, great compassion. The Lord, the angels praise you. Psalm 103, I give it to you as a psalm of um, thanksgiving for the holiday. Thank you for listening. I hope it's been helpful. Um, could God, can I just pray? Lord, I ask you to unlock our hearts. Unlock them, Lord. Un- open the gates of, of thanksgiving in our hearts. Teach us, Lord. Teach us, Lord, not to take a single meal, a, an extension of grace for granted, but, but, but teach us, Spirit of God, overflow, overflow with thanksgiving in us. Teach us, Lord, to remind us, counsel us, lead us into the truth of this wonder, Lord, we pray. Can you all say amen? amen. You, it's hot. Thank you for listening.